Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nernette. I'm Greta Johnson. And I wonder, like, what is your favorite TV show of all time? I don't really do a lot with favorites except beverages because water and champagne are absolutely my favorite beverages. But when I really think about what my favorite TV show is, I think I'm just going to go, like, lean into the throwback and say, She-Ra, princess of power, 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 power. Partly because I don't even remember this, but it's one of my mom's favorite stories. It was like one of the first days that I went to like preschool or something. And we were all out on this playground and there were all these boys running around playing like superhero, you know, like, raw, I'm Spider-Man, I'm Batman, blah, blah, blah. And apparently I just like stomped up to them and was like, I am she I am she princess of power. And then they all ran away from me. And like, man, what I would do to like actually remember that happening. But it's still a pretty, I mean, even if it wasn't real, the fact that this is like a mythology in my family is just so cool. So with that, this episode is all about TV. We're going to talk about some new stuff that came out this summer. We're going to talk about some awesome throwbacks that you can enjoy on the couch. And our guest this week is Margaret Lyons. She's the TV critic for The New York Times. And we talk a bunch about recommendations, but I started with perhaps the most important question about summer TV. Okay, so before we actually get to specific shows, I have a really important question for you, which is, you know, I live here in Chicago. The weather here is not always great. I grew up in Alaska, which is winter, like, almost all the time. So as a result, I have really serious, like, nice weather guilt where, like, if it's sunny outside, I feel like I have to be outside enjoying the nice weather and can't possibly justify hanging out on my couch watching a good show. Is this something you struggle with? And how can I not feel bad for doing that? <laughs> I would say don't borrow trouble. If you want to go outside, go outside. That's not a like TV will be here for you when you're ready. <laughs> That's very true. Um, but also like I personally listen to TV on a Bluetooth speaker when I shower so I can get through more shows. Wait, so seriously? I would say consider diverse. Yeah. So if there are especially like a sitcom or something, if there's a show you're kind of trying to get through uh, that you enjoy, obviously it's not like a chore. Right. right. I would consider uh, multiple vectors of consumption as a possibility. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with some recommendations. My first category that I chose was if you're into something Scandinavian and moody, mostly because that's like the only thing that my parents can agree on watching together. And so they're always asking me. And I'm always like, I don't know, you already saw Broad Church. What do you want from me? I guess for me, I feel like that kind of like that Scandi noir moment kind of has passed and the sort of new entries that we're seeing in that genre are maybe they feel pretty repetitive to me at this point you know there's sort of like I, I'm kind of maxed out on 
I guess, like dead kid shows and the sort of like <laughs> yeah. real brooding, you know, 12 episode is every single person in this town, like a possible child murderer. They've all lost their minds. Um, I kind of got maxed out on that. Yeah, that's but fair. But if you are, if you're still kind of looking for things in that kind of dead girl show genre, I would say it's time to revisit the teen classic Veronica Mars, which is now streaming on Hulu. It had been streaming in the past and then it was off and now it's back because they're doing a revival, which comes out at the end of July. But um, even if you've never watched the show before, I think you should or or if you have and are considering a rewatch, I would say start. Go ahead and start at the beginning. Veronica Mars is like a it's a high school set um, private eye show and it has like a very hard boiled narrator, Veronica. And she's, you know, has like a sort of chip on her shoulder and she's in the pilot. Her best friend has been murdered. She's trying to get to the bottom of these crimes and mysteries. And that's sort of what takes over all of season one. But there's also sort of fun, snarky, episodic mysteries and I just think it's one of like the all-time greats. It was on our list of the 20 best shows since the dramas since The Sopranos, if that helps kind of clue you in that it's a little bit more than just your average um, high school show. Yeah, this is one of those shows that my friend Liz like demanded that I watched, and she said it so many times, and I was just obstinate enough that I almost didn't watch it just to spite her because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> and then I finally did, and it was so good. And I actually bought all the episodes over the winter because I was so upset that I couldn't stream them anywhere. And I was like, whatever, this is worth $30. So I like fairly recently rewatched those first three seasons and was so glad that I did because it is is just such a great show. It's really, really good. I am really curious to see. I mean, it was interesting rewatching it in this day and age because I do feel like there are more rape jokes that happened in that show than would now if the show existed now. So I am kind of curious to see sort of like what the treatment is now that we are in 2019 and they're doing kind of a remake. Yeah, I mean, I think one challenge, and I, I won't spoil anything for anyone, but I will say it's a lot of the same cast is back and I think one challenge for reviving a show especially a show that was set in high school initially is you know you want to see Veronica and all her sort of Scooby pals at the same time you sort of like gosh is she really just still best friends with all of her friends from high school like is did her life not like did she not sort of go to therapy did she not make bigger choices you know, <laughs> right. I think um, and then certainly there's nothing wrong with being friends with friends from high school I am but the idea that your sort of circle would not have expanded substantially or that your life wouldn't have changed at all I think especially for a character like Veronica who's so like cynical about her hometown and has so much animosity towards the people that she grew up with the idea that she's still there sort of presents like a challenge for the revival yeah that is kind of a fascinating narrative conundrum right because like of course that's what you want in a revival too though right it's like i want to see all those same characters but it does make it a lot less believable for sure yeah so what else do you think you would recommend in terms of things that are kind of on that like dark side of stuff so I think if you want something that's like very um, substantive in a way that a lot of dark shows can be just kind of agonizing, <laughs> I would say Chernobyl, which is an HBO miniseries about Chernobyl. It's a very hard watch. It's extremely depressing. It's extremely upsetting. There's a lot of quite agonizing moments, but it is also about stuff. You know, there's a lot about cultures of misinformation, about lies, about cover ups, about what the government does and says versus what the government says they're doing and saying. It's riveting. It's also pretty depressing. But if you're looking for sort of like a real, um, like something to really make a meal of, there's the show, there's its, its companion podcast, and it's it's really, it's gripping. Yes. And it is worth noting the companion podcast is hosted by Peter Seigel, who's a friend of Nerdette, even though I hate to say it because he's also super obnoxious. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. <laughs> 
Um, I think my pick for dark, though it's not at all Scandinavian, is Killing Eve. You've seen that, right? Yes. So yes, I, I don't think of it as that dark. It's I very mean, murdery. It's pretty, I but guess... it doesn't make you feel bad. Like after you watch a lot of it, like I guess I compare it to like, have you ever like? Um, snake to sink and then there's like just this like weird thing of and you're just like ew like did this come from me and like all of that like sort of glop and grossness like I think after you watch like five episodes of Broadchurch like that's how you feel right you're like I'm that sink clog like like my humanity repulses me wait so what's the house cleaning comparison I feel like for Killian Eve it's like you just don't you don't have that bad feeling like you're just like oh I could watch I could sit here and watch 20 of these and like you know like do origami like I'm, I'm fine that is I, a I'm fair not, point like confronted with my own demons in any way or like feeling like sad and ashamed I appreciate that clarification because I do like it is interesting because I've <laughs> thought about watching Chernobyl and I'm like no 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 like I work in a newsroom I get enough like grim news stories in any given day that I don't really want to pursue stuff that's like super brutal sure. to have to get through but I really yeah. loved Killing Eve, partly because I think you're right that it is it's also still just beautiful. Like the soundtrack is so good and the scenery is so amazing and like the costumes and all of it. It's still got like a certain like deliciousness to it, even though it can it's murdery. Yeah, I also think it's funny, right? The characters oh, yeah. make jokes for one another's benefit pretty often. I you know, I think sometimes with those heavier shows or something like Luther, which is like very scary to me, you know, you're sort of like, I'll never know peace again. Right. Like every like every creek in the house, you're like, oh, am I going to get like sneak murdered by the characters from Luther? And I don't I don't have that feeling for Killing Eve. You know, you're not like, oh, is this like going to happen to me? It's like, no, it, it's not going to happen to you. So maybe Killing Eve is like Windexing your windows or something. It just makes everything look even better once you've done it. <laughs> It's a good ride. <laughs> okay, so what if you want something that is like legitimately just fun and bright? So honestly, right before we tape this podcast, I just downed two more episodes of the show. It's called Enlisted, and it aired on Fox a few years ago. It was sort of squandered and unjustly canceled and kind of didn't make as big a splash as I think it could have. It's now finally streaming. It's on Sony Crackle, which is free. And it does have, like I would say, an annoying number of ads, but it is free. Um, <laughs> it's a comedy set on an army base about three brothers who are all in the military. And it is very like goofy and loopy and silly and cartoony. I think if you like shows like Scrubs or Bob's Burgers or shows where people are on the same side, you know, that everyone... Um, you have like a sort of ragtag group of lovable weirdos, but they're united and, and care about each other and they're on each other's team very much. Um, then then you should definitely check it out. It is really ugh, I love it. And now is one of the actors I would just super briefly Google this is one of the actors in Veronica Mars. Yeah. Piz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris Lowell. He's very funny. He plays the sort of grumpy brother. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that Crackle is free because that was definitely my next question is like, okay, but what is Crackle? Yeah. I mean, everybody's people are trying. You know, it's just uh, just another thing. There's a lot of platforms. People are putting stuff out there. They have like a pretty robust library, but I would say like a not great um, user experience. (laughs) That's fair. So I think my pick for fun and bright is Jane the Virgin. Because it is literally bright. I mean, like, just even all the colors and everything. But it's (laughs) also just like... Yeah. So we're in season five of Jane the Virgin. There are only, like, a handful of episodes left of the entire thing. So now is such a great time to jump on this bandwagon. I just, like, feel like this is another show I was kind of resistant to at first. Because I was like, I don't know. This premise is not super interesting to me. But 
it has just become one of the most like self-aware kind loving shows you can tell how much all these cast members legitimately love each other it's just such a joy to watch I love Jane the Virgin. I feel I have like a little bit of anxiety about this season just because I feel like because it's a telenovela and because it does really draw from those um, conventions, I'm worried that there's going to be like some tragedy befalling us. Um, and I certainly don't have like that's not a spoiler at all. I just like am in, yeah, living no, I, in fear of that. Um, I know what you mean. It's funny because I keep falling behind on it and then binging them, which is such a great way to watch them. But like I have to be <laughs> caught up very soon because if I find out something that happens in the show without oh, seeing gosh. it myself, I am going to lose my mind. <laughs> I really I'm going to miss that show a lot. I feel like it has had like a very appropriate run for yes. itself. You know, like I I also that's a show that has like one of the best pilots of any contemporary drama. You know, it it came out with like that pilot was like a home run, you know, and so it didn't ever have that like finding itself period like it had its it had its game right away and it'll end the final episode will be episode 100 so it'll have like 100 chapters that feels like a like a good amount for Jane the Virgin you know I think they've covered a lot of ground I think we've watched characters meaningfully change and it's really really uh, curious and savvy about the sort of like what is the purpose of a story in our life like how are we kind of in a constant state of self-narration and in what ways are we framing stuff is like well this is probably the moment in this telenovela of my life where you know I meet a guy or where something bad happens or I triumph or whatever and all those little um sort of human curiosities they they're able to put that together into this, this like really really beautiful show about how well how easily you can move through the world if you were raised by people who loved you yes oh that's such a beautiful way of putting it i also really love hearing you use the phrase appropriate run because it's something i think about a lot especially with shows these days and like i mean as selfishly excited as i am for veronica mars coming back like there's just a lot of stuff that's going on longer than it really needs to i think And it reminds me of The Good Place, which just finished its third season and announced that they're going to do one more season and that's going to be the end of the story. And in so many ways, like, sure, I'm going to be bummed to not have, you know, like dozens of more Good Place episodes in my life. But it's also like, shoot, if you know where the story is going and you're going to make it awesome the whole time, I am there for that. Yeah. I mean, I think being able to come in for a landing is kind of the trickiest thing about modern television. I think we're seeing shows like, for example, um, Big Little Lies, which was a great miniseries and is now just a series, you know, and the second season of it has been, for me at least, like uh, a bit disappointing, especially in comparison to like how fun and sort of like juicy and like dirty the first season was. And this just kind of feels it's like, oh, you know, like Meryl Streep's going to be weird. And then... (laughs) I don't know. The story doesn't make that much sense, you know? Well, I mean, Big Little Lies seems extra problematic because it was based on a book that, like, completed its story in, like, what was supposed to be the miniseries, you know? At this point, it's like yeah, they've gone off book, which, like, I don't know, any viewer of Game of Thrones would not recommend that, right? I would say any viewer of The Handmaid's Tale also knows that here be dragons, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's not... And I'm not saying, like, no show could ever successfully do that. I'm sure they can. But so far right now, they're not. We'll be right back with more of our conversation with Margaret Lyons in just a moment. I also want to warn you that at the end of this episode, I'm going to yell very enthusiastically about the fact that there are books in the Veronica Mars series. So just get ready for that. It's going to be really intense. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, 
crew and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. So, Margaret, what about somebody who really just loves real life and wants to consume some documentaries this summer? So I would say the biggest like documentary trend of the summer is moon landing stuff. Ooh. So PBS has like a huge set of documentaries about that. There's some on Nat Geo. There's some on Smithsonian Channel. It's like a big... Uh, like obviously it's a big event a big anniversary (laughs) and there's like a lot of um just sort of documentaries from like every sort of conceivable angle around moon landing anniversary stuff yeah that's great that is a very good recommendation so what about just like i mean we've already mentioned things that are later on in their seasons or like veronica mars you could totally binge same with jane the virgin but what if you wanted like a solid throwback for just like a heavy binge so last year, I completed one of the greatest TV journeys of my life, and it was a full <laughs> ER rewatch. And I got to say, like, I miss it. Like, I'm, like, lonely for my ER rewatch. Like, wow. I loved it so much. It took me six months for 15 seasons. I was going at a pretty fat. Like, I get to watch TV at work, so, like, it's... Um, I, like, I, I don't think most people would keep that kind of a pace, probably. But um, <laughs> well, the Bluetooth it was, speaker probably helps too, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but it was like great ride. I thought it would kind of peter out around season eleven or so, but I didn't at all. And then the show was the later seasons were a lot better than I had remembered, and I had a lot less. Um, I think some of like the frustrations I had felt when I watched it initially just like totally vanished and I was able to see characters in lots of different ways that I hadn't before either because I was too young or because I hadn't spent enough time in workplaces or just like general cultural attitudes had shifted where I was like oh wait like this person is actually the hero not the villain huh it was a real delight but if you've either already done ER or you don't want a medical show I would say NYPD Blue is going to scratch a lot of that same itch there's a ton yeah, of NYPD Blue how many seasons are there it's a lot show? I think it's also 15 possibly 16 wow yeah, so those are both like mega, mega investments. What's weird, like NYPD Blue, I think feels a little bit more dated in some ways because of its, like the kind of griminess of the setting really. And I was like, oh my God, wait, this was only 1994? Like this looks like it's 1900, you know? Like there's wow. some of the props and everything. You're just like, oh God, wait, I was alive for this? Like it, <laughs> it, it looks quite, um, like it just feels a lot older than it actually is. It's fascinating and really, like, terrifically written, and there's terrific performances, and a lot of the ways that modern cop shows behave are based on NYPD Blue, and so things that can seem a little, you're like, oh, right, like a kooky camera angle. It's like, no, 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 like, this is where that's from, Um, and the sort of fast pace of ER and the kind of, you know, crash cart and the gurney, like, crashing through the stuff. What the hell? Lost the pulse. We gotta open up his chest. P.A. Run! I'll bag him. 
way that ER moves, you know, if you watch an episode of, for example, like St. Elsewhere, which is a bit older, like it's just at like half the pace, you know, so ER really invented the cadence of the modern drama. And it feels like it could have come out now, you know, like if that pilot aired today, you'd be like, this is the best pilot I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's like, like it's it's a fun ride. And please tweet at me your ER feelings if you decide to embark on this journey. I'd love to talk about ER. <laughs> so you also write the New York Times TV newsletter, which is called Watching, right? I do. My passion. I'm pretty sure it was in Watching a couple weeks ago that you mentioned that My So-Called Life, is it 25 years old now? It sure is. That yeah. is so crazy to me. I, I feel know. like this Don't would be... Don't you feel like the tree in Pocahontas? Like the <laughs> oldest creature in the world? I have so much wisdom, but I'm so aged. Well, it's funny because I was like just young enough to... I was in like fourth grade when it came out on TV. Oh, so you don't feel like the tree in Pocahontas? No, I don't. Me, but, baby. Well, what's funny is it came out on DVD in 2003 and I completely devoured it. And even that feels like ages and ages ago. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I think is amazing about My So-Called Life um, is like, I think it's a show where you have kind of an emotional Doppler effect of like it changes when you're coming up to it and when you're going away from it. Um, right. So if you started watching that show when you were younger than Angela, she's extremely aspirational. She was to me. Yeah. And then when you're around her age, you're like, oh, well, I guess like I'm I mean, she's cool. I'm cool. We're all cool, I guess, maybe. Uh-huh. And then as an adult, you just like your heart like aches for her. And in yeah. all the ways that Rayanne seems so alluring, you can kind of as an adult see what Angela's mom sees, you know, that like yeah. Rayanne is like a, a sink with no drain. You know, like she is somebody who because of her own kind of like childhood traumas and stuff like is is going to be like a really demanding person in your life. And she's really exciting. But that comes yeah. at a cost, yeah. you know, and. Yeah. Like realizing that like you relate more to Patty than Angela is, like, I think, an interesting path that a lot of a lot of us maybe have walked. But if you've never watched my so-called life, this is a really beautiful opportunity for it. It's only 19 episodes. And I would say don't binge that. Like I would say try not to watch more than two in a row just because um, it's like it's quite soft. And, and I think it's worth trying to sort of absorb more of the feelings rather than be focused on like sort of moving the plot forward. Yeah, that is a really nice way of putting it. I actually binged it. Very intensely. We were smoking a lot of marijuana in the basement of a house that I was house sitting. It was Christmas break of my senior year of high school and me and my best friend. We had like done the similar kind of friend breakup thing that happens in the show between Angela and yes and Sharon. And we just got very high and cried our eyes out. It was so intense. Yeah, I mean, I think like I the specific episode where Sharon's dad has a heart attack and they sort of reflect on Angela and Sharon's friendship changing and like I'm going to cry right now. Like that is one of the <laughs> most like 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 if you like if you want to find out if you're dead, like watch that episode and if you're not crying like a terrible <laughs> news for your dead. family, like you have unfortunately <laughs> passed. Um it's so good. It's so emotional. Ugh, I love that show. It's really good. And I mean, I don't know about for you, but that was the first time that I encountered the emotionally manipulative scoring techniques of W.G. Snuffy Walden, who since has done all (laughs) sorts of soundtracks for shows like The West Wing. I mean, like a bunch of the Aaron Sorkin shows and like Friday Night Lights. Like what else has he done? Like all the good things. No, your heartstrings will not go unplugged. Okay, so I have one last very important question, and then I will let you go. How long do you recommend that someone wait after finishing Fleabag to watch it again? I, 
It depends on what your like number one like pleasure receptor is for flea bags. So I think that if you kind of like the the winsomeness of it, the sort of like vague sorrow of it, I would give it a little bit of a break. If you like the kind of like they're gonna kiss stuff, I would say just like start right over and go right back through, and then just don't watch that last scene. And like I've done that twice, and it, like feels good. Um, I will say if you love Fleabag as I do, you might also like. Crashing, which yes. was Phoebe Waller-Bridge's other show that came out the same year as Fleabag. Which is not the same, which is, sorry to interrupt. It's but. not the HBO one with with Pete Holmes. That's a different show. Right. And they're unrelated, and um, I don't recommend that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, this one was first. She plays this character who is, like, very quirky and charming, but, like, other people are kind of hip to her shtick. Um, it's really, I think it's really funny. I think it's really, uh, has a lot of her kind of, like skepticism about social norms, especially the way that like I think women are asked to like, perform likability and that sort of the ways in which like women can either do or not do or manipulate or not manipulate those expectations. Um, I, I think she has like a really interesting take on that that we see in Fleabag and certainly in Killing Eve as well. And, and you know, it's like it has one of my favorite things, which is like the dinner party gone awry, <laughs> which is like a scene. That is a crazy dinner party. That's a hallmark of... Fleabag as well, but there's a really, really good one on Crashing, too. So it's also it's like six total episodes like you can watch that in a in one rowdy afternoon. Oh, yeah, that's a quickie. Yeah, I, d- I will say I didn't love it quite as much as Fleabag, but it has just enough DNA to like make you happy still. But that's been most of my friends' reactions, but I really like it. Well, then, Margaret Lyons, thank you so much for talking <laughs> with us. Anytime. You are my favorite professional television watcher. So there. <laughs> Uh-oh, sleep with one eye open, Emily Nussbaum. hey Oh, shoot, I do really like Emily. Damn it. Yeah, me too. Margaret Lyons' use of words. There were like two moments during this interview. One was when she said that Rayanne is like a sink with no drain. And then the idea of an emotional Doppler effect. Like, oh my God, that woman's brain is just like so amazing. And I love that she's just wasting it away watching TV all the time. It's just perfect. Margaret, I don't really think you're wasting your brain away. The show is produced by me, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Oh my God, did I forget to do the Veronica Mars book rant? Okay, we're doing it right now. Everybody get ready. Here is the rant. Did you know there are Veronica Mars books? I've mentioned this in our newsletter. I've, like, wrote a freaking thread about it on Twitter. I'm still very worried that you diehard fans out there are not aware that there are books. And the new season picks up where the books left off, so you gotta read them. The books are great. And they're canon. That's the thing. Like, this new series that comes out July 26th, it's based on three seasons of television and then this kickstarted HBO movie and then the books and there's two books so you have to read them you have to read them like right now or you could listen to them because the first one is narrated by Kristen Bell like why wouldn't you do that our co-creator our co-creator is Trisha Bovita and our executive producer is Brendan Banazak Nerdette is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world just do it just do it just do it just do it We have literally hundreds of other episodes I bet you'd like. You could find them on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Read the books. She's got a half-brother. Crazy stuff happens. Hey, we have a newsletter. It's pretty awesome. It comes out every Friday. I usually put something to cook, something to watch, something to read, something to think about. Just do it. 
Like, just do it. You're going to like it a lot. You can sign up for it if you click on the blue sign up link on our Facebook page. Should I say to do it one more time? What do you think? Many thanks to Made Mecco for the lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Just do it. Do they understand? Are you going to do it? Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.